Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 92. 92? That's a good one. It's a good number. 92. That's me and you. A classic hostful episode of the cast. One that was actually really, really personal to me. Well, they're all personal in their own way, but something that it, it was an idea I had, an idea I felt, and an idea I continue to feel and embody, Vince. So it's just like a sort of a theme of the season of my life. Well, very well said. Uh, we were talking about thriving uh, and thriving, not just in a vacuum, but in the face of adversity and taking setbacks or challenges as an opportunity to truly, truly grow, not to just get by, to thrive. <sighs> thrive. And it was a fun one. It was really, it was fun and it was refreshing. It was, it was good. Dude, they're, they're always good. It's like uh, we, we kind of go deep on these guest episodes and then we come back to a host and There's like sort of a period of reflection and there's some introspection and there's some outrospection. Yes. <laughs> some speculation. And uh, this one felt really fucking good, and I'm really proud of it for the conversation we had. Likewise, Grant. <sighs> thriving is a choice. Thrive, motherfucker. Thrive. <sighs> Something that helps me thrive, Vinny boy. Vinny, my boy. <laughs> Vinny, my, my young boy. Vinny, boy. Is uh, Simplecast. Shouts out to Simplecast. People ask us about podcasting and about, uh, you know, all of the things that go into it the inputs the outputs uh, what are the tools what are the things Symbolcast is a fantastic resource that we use to publish the podcast every week we put all the information in we put the assets in and it pushes it out so thank you to Symbolcast for providing a tool that allows more dope shit to get out on the internet well specifically said. podcasts well yes. yeah exactly it's, and, it's the best of its kind Best of its kind. Kind of like you, Vince. You're the best Vince I know. Best oh, Vince I'll ever know. Oh, man. Thank you, Grant, <laughs> for your kind words and for your part in the hostful. Thank you, listeners. Hope you enjoy. Episode 92, Thriving. The two of us. Oh man, my voice is cracky. Can you hear it? It's all that desert dust. Um, well, I guess maybe you'd be willing to honor me or do me an honor. Oh, so, sorry for the space. Sorry for the space there. I didn't mean to imply anything. There's no innuendo. It was just. I was just, you know, my my processing, my mental processing. Innuendo. Oh God! Oh, n- another ten thousand hours instant classic. <laughs> we'll have to compile a supercut of our very, very best jokes, of which there are That'd uh, be a pretty short innumerable. Episode, <laughs> 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 we, we should put that out. It's just a blank audio file. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with just like a, a baby crying in the background. <laughs> Actual Beautiful. crickets. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Man, okay, so I wanted you to do me the honor. I wanted you to do me the And uh, the honor I would like you to do would be regaling me. Uh, it's an interesting word, by the way. 
Like, yeah, it is. Oh man, I I really regaled Vince the other time. I don't think you would use it like that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Teach his own. Teach his own. Okay, regale me with some tales about your travels, about your workings, your doings, your goings on. What are you working on, Vince? What are you putting your time into right now? Well, I haven't been tra- I haven't been traveling much of anywhere. I've been right here in Minneapolis. I, yeah, but I mean, I think it's all relative, right? I've been traveling through time, you know, <laughs> passing along my mortal coil. Uh, I, I'm busy. I'm busy at the office. I mean, this is a broken record now, but XL Energy, I'm like 50 hours a week on that client. Jeez. Very, very busy. Uh, but it's cool work. It's national campaign stuff, and they're a good company, so, you know, it's fun to work on that. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to preface it. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to apologize. Uh, we're working on our, our 50th episode for these parts, which is going to be a best of clip show. So uh, I've been putting a lot wow. of time. Wow, where'd you get that idea? <laughs> I like how you I like how you insinuate that I ripped it off from, from us at ten, on 10,000 Hours, but the clip show has existed since actually like the 1930s. Okay, well, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to check the logs and I'll see if Elliot, right, no, your, your, yeah, your other co-host, has listened to episode 80, best of season two. So and if I find out he has, you guys are fried. And I'll call my lawyer. Yeah. Um, oh, unfortunately, we share a lawyer. This is going to be messy. Uh-oh. And if our editor is listening intently, he will put in sort of a an uh-oh, a boink, or like some sort of... Or uh, the law and order, the law and order, like, ooh. notes. I like that. Perfect. Well, our, our listeners have just heard that. What a treat for them. <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit busy picking out clips and everything. You know how it goes. Obviously, I, I do, we've done I do. it before. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, keeping me busy. Grant, I am excited to ask you, because I kind of already know, what have you been putting your time into recently? Mm. What have you been doing or working on or, you know, listening to? Listening to? Yeah. Uh, are you referencing something? I honestly don't know. Is that like where I was just at? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. I thought you were trying to tie back in your other podcast again. And I was just like, all right, man, <laughs> no, we fucking man, did I'm it. Not, I'm not completely without honor. Yeah, respect. Um, I was just at Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival in Indio, California. Uh, I returned not long ago, just a couple nights ago. And uh, I was at Weekend 2. And I told you a little bit about it before we got rolling, but it was fucking... Amazing. Um, I feel like you, using the word transformative can feel a little heavy, but it was uh, really, really special. Just to, I was there with my little sister, my 21-year-old sister, and we bonded super hard, and uh, we've, we've been sort of uh, rebuilding the relationship, if you will, a bit over the past like six months or the year. And, and so honestly, man, that was fucking incredible. <laughs> so just g- going to that was amazing. Um, and I was there with a group of friends. We had a we had a crew of thirteen, I believe. And uh, it's just it's a big playground, and it's it's the mecca to me for art and music on a large scale. And I've saw so many artists. I saw such beautiful art, such beautiful people, and the amount of musicians, artists, acts I was able to see in that time. It would be impossible. Like I think even over the course of five years. It would be so hard for me to see all of those acts not going to a festival like that. It just time-wise would not be able to do it. Wow! I mean, that uh, you told me about this last year when you went. Yeah. Uh, and th- is this your third year or second year? Second, second. Uh, so and it sounded incredible, and it sounds even more incredible to be able to share that with someone. 
so important to you, like your sister, yeah. uh, has to just add a level of magnificence to it. It really does. And it was a good, it's a good check-in. Like it was a mile marker just because last year, it you know, one year later, last year I was just on the cusp of giving that TEDx talk. It was kind of an intense time, you know, mm-hmm. and just, there's just naturally, you're just reflecting a lot. It's stressful. We're flying out from Minnesota. We're camping for five, four nights. And plus we're in Palm Springs. It's just like, it's a big endeavor. And I, I don't want to sound too first world problem-y because it is like, you know, this like beautiful festival. It costs money. It's not accessible to everyone. But um, I do think like taking the risk of going and just like finding our way is a really cool thing to do with a group of people. And it definitely forms relationships in a way that you kind of can't elsewhere. And just like getting out of your comfort zone, man, I was fucking dirty. I was like, you know, I (laughs) I showered once in five days. I was covered in dust and dirt. I'm now a little bit sick just because I had so much like dirt in my lungs. (laughs) And and it's, it's great, dude. It's great to just, I wasn't on my phone hardly at all besides coordinating with the crew is just, you know, I shot some photos. I, I hung out and I saw some of the, some of the best art in the world. That's, Sensational, man! It sounds awesome. Amazing. <sighs> not bad, not bad. And that's how uh, I get to see some of those pics. Maybe yeah. I get to see a pic of you covered in caked and dirt and dust. Yeah, you'll see some. I mean, Maybe dude, I, my fashion game was still like fly, fly as ever <laughs> in the desert. Um, I'll be posting some of those photos, and uh, you can check those out. And uh, man, I, I feel like I don't know what episode it was, but I think we talked about like inspiration or filling the buckets or something. But talk about something that. Uh, really just fills the buckets up. I feel so ready to go and just create. You feel thoroughly inspired? Thoroughly, man. I'm vibrating. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad to hear it, man. Bless, That's awesome, bless, man. Bless. That's awesome. I, and, and you know what? And maybe, you know, maybe I'm tipping my hand a little bit, but uh, maybe it's not so far off from what we're going to be chatting about, you and I, just the two of us today. Yeah, on, a, on another hostful edition. Love it, baby. Ooh, my fave. Uh, yeah, the hostful music, Pat. Put that in here. <laughs> yeah, Pat. Actually, go ahead and create the hostful music. Uh, make it sort of upbeat, fun, cool, kind of vibey. He's a musician, right? <laughs> yeah, he's a musician. He could do that, probably. I Perfect. mean, he won't, and he shouldn't, but he could. <laughs> okay, maybe not this one, but the other one. Do the other one. Yeah. So <laughs> the topic this week is something that was inspired by my time in the desert, in that hot, hot desert, and. I think where it came from was uh, just a series of events. And and this is just my series of events, but I think this series of events could be anyone's. Like, it, it's um, just sort of what happens when you're in an uncomfortable situation. And then maybe it's a little bit of gravy in the negative way in this case. But uh, when you're camping, like, you sort of just need to be flexible. You just need to be able to react to the environment to the things it's just less controlled you don't have as much control over the elements the factors everything around you so you just kind of got to be cool and uh i think you have a lot of choices at every time um or at every moment you know there's there are just a series of events and a series of choices you have to make and i I will tell you maybe what what sort of Besides just, like, getting there and getting settled, and, and man, it was a real grind to, like, get all my work off my plate uh, before we went into this thing. But um, very early on, so very the very first night, uh, I had a Yashica T4, which is a really cool camera, 
Um, actually, it's, uh, I mean, kind of fuck Terry Richardson, but it's the, the camera that really, like, uh, Terry Richardson popularized. Sure. Film yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't speak. I don't know the guy, but it seems like he might be a little bit seedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but right. the point is, I had that camera, and then I had my wallet, and they were in the dash of the rented van we had. And the very first night, um, it went missing, and no, correct. It, yeah, it wasn't until I got the fraud alerts that I realized it had been stolen. Um, and there was like a fair amount of cash, my cash for the weekend in there, and my cards, all my cards, and whatever. And so something like that happens, and it's like, ooh, this could really like ruin the next few days. That could, yeah, that could totally sink the whole trip. Man. Yeah, man, it's like, oh god, this is stressful. There goes my money. There goes my my resources. There goes X and X and X, and like, and here comes a lot of shit that you have to deal with. That I have to deal with cards, yeah, protection, et cetera, et cetera. The camera's gone. I mean, there was a roll of film I'd shot in there that night. That's not not replaceable. But but here's the thing that that roll of film is pretty much the only thing that isn't replaceable in some form. Um, and we don't have to go too far down the path of like money as an idea or a construct that a story we tell ourselves but but the, i mean it is relevant it is relevant to acknowledge that money is a story we tell ourselves we assign a value and it can be replaced it can, you know it can be replenished and there are other things that are way more important uh, to not lose so the point is that was really shitty and i was like kind of bummed and kind of stressed and i made a decision there especially because so in this scenario uh i'm camping with 13 people Three of us have been to Coachella before, which is not very many out of that big of a group, and it's <laughs> yeah, it's no it's kidding. unique circumstances. Um, you know, maybe there's a perception that it's like this um, super elite, trendy, like uh, whatever you want to call it, like you know, this festival out in the desert. But it's also like challenging. You're camping. You know, coming from Minnesota makes it extra challenging. Just uh, handling all of our resources, communicating as a group, like. You know, it's just, it's not that easy. And um, so in that way, like, I'm sort of, I think I kind of need to be a leader in that scenario. It's like, I've been here before. I know, you know, what we're doing and, and I know all the people involved. And so it's just like, it's important for me to be a leader, I think. Um, and so I, you know, I need to not freak out when my wall gets stolen. And <laughs> the point is, I had this moment of like, ooh, wow, this really sucks. And what I did was instead of even talking to anyone about it, I really just like thought about it for a while and like convinced myself that it was replaceable. And I, you know, I was in a good place and I was over it in my head. And then I started talking uh, to people about it. Like I mentioned it to a few people just so they were in on it. Right. And I actually think there's like an important lesson in here, which is like, if you project stress on people, because here's the question, like, what do I want from someone else? If I'm going to be like, my wallet's gone, my wallet, you know, like, unless they can help me in any way, what am I looking for? And frankly, there wasn't a whole lot anyone could give me besides comfort. And if I'm able to at least give myself a level of that, I think maybe I should try and do that first. Uh, I, that's such a, you tackled so many important questions. <laughs> and we haven't like, even mentioned the and subject. we haven't mentioned the so, subject. So let us mention it now. The, the subject is thriving, okay? So in that moment, I decided, you know, I could be fucking bummed or I could thrive, <laughs> you know? I yeah. could, and it's, it's a bit tongue in cheek, but like that was a thing I kept saying over the course of the weekend was just like, 
I'm, we're just out here thriving in the desert, baby. You know, we're thriving. <laughs> you know, at, at every at every uh, crossroads, you can either go left or you can go thrive. And yeah, I, I choose exactly. to thrive. <laughs> You're choosing to thrive. So I hope we get back to the, <laughs> the sort of psychological questions around why do we why do we complain to people and why do we bring up concerns with people and whether the actual social mechanisms taking place because that stuff interests me a lot. But I think a good place to start with a thriving conversation is to frame how it's different than just normal growth and success. I think, and I think you highlighted it specifically in that thriving is kind of a doubling down story. It is facing adversity and succeeding because of adversity, succeeding through adversity and meeting it with an extreme level of positivity that you need to counteract whatever happened. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to go too dark from the get, but like, it's sort of like dealing with mortality. You know, it, it really kind of does come back to that for me. There's a reason like I've been DJing under the name Sunnyside and there is a, a reason I have a tattoo on my wrist that says Memento Mori, remember your mortality. It's because when faced with the worst, what do you choose to do? <laughs> you know, everything is out of control, but what can you control? You can control you. You can control your reaction. So I realize, oh, I'm going to die. I can wallow or I can thrive. And to me, thriving is actually like the best possible thing you could do in most scenarios because it it creates more thriving and like and i guess then i would argue that thriving is fundamentally helpful for humankind and for individuals but it's not easy to do it's not or it's not always easy to do at least <laughs> oh it's my kind gosh of the hardest thing to do right yeah totally dude so maybe that's where we can start i mean how do you how do you thrive i feel like Everyone's got a story of how they overcome adversity. We're human beings after all. We all face it. Um, but doing it consistently and kind of living it as a philosophy, uh, not accusing you or suggesting that you do that necessarily, but uh, I think in a broader sense, it's something that I strive to do, and I think you've said the same so far. Uh, how, what do you do? How do you start to live this idea of thriving? Can you? Have you? Are you? Are you asking me that question? Yeah, I'm asking you oh, all of those questions. Yes, I mean, absolutely, dude. I, I then, so this was just, this was something I fixated on, you know, at that moment. But then I took that throughout the rest of the weekend. If we're going to get into just, you know, building on that story, it was like. Case study, yeah. Yeah, there's adversity at every turn. I mean, and, and uh, <laughs> like, God, man, what were some of the other things? Oh, yeah, I like. I lost my sister. I lost my sister on Saturday night. That's a little more irreplaceable than a camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, what's funny though. Like, okay. So, and we're at a festival, but, but it's my little sister and she doesn't have a phone on her and we're at this big group and I lost my sister and it's just like, fuck, like now what? Like what? what's the move? Yeah. What's the move? Um, and you know, she's, I know she's not going to go back to the campsite, and then I actually had some thoughts like, oh, because it's actually, it's a, it's a trek, man. And to go out and come back in is a bit of a thing. And it's, uh, I'm like, it's, you know, it's Saturday evening and it's just like, shit, now I'm without my sister. Like, is she okay? Is she, and, and she doesn't have her phone. And it's like, well, what would my sister do? 
fuck, man, she'd, she'd be out there thriving because it's all we can do, you know? And so it's just like, but you have to remind yourself of that every few seconds, really, almost. <laughs> but but uh, that was a thing, man. I had a dude, oh, my God, actually, man, let me tell you another one. So Sunday morning, this is after, like, you know, we've been there since Thursday. This is after, like, three nights, you know, it's been intense. And and I will say, actually, there was, like, part of our crew Friday night. The, the windstorm was so bad, it, like, knocked over most of our campsite. And mm-hmm. it, it crumpled, like, a huge majority of people's canopies, which are pretty vital for blocking the sun during the day, which you absolutely have to do. It is so hot out there. You need to be in the shade or you will not thrive. You will be the opposite. And you die. will die. Yeah. Um, so the, a group came back in, in, to a destroyed campsite. And what they did was they were so overwhelmed by that. They went to – they got an Uber, which took a long time. They did it, and They went to Palm Springs and they got a hotel for the night. And it, that sort of dumbfounded me because the whole point of this excursion was to be uncomfortable. Um, that was part of your group did that. Yeah, part of my group. And I wasn't like – I mean, I was a little disappointed. I wouldn't necessarily say like, hey, you guys fucked up, but I was a little disappointed. Um, but but uh, there was a, a different group of us that came back, and it was like, well, this is fucked up. Um, this is uncomfortable. What do we do? We thrive. We succeed in the face of it, right? And we put the campsite back up. And, man, we are so conditioned these days to just, like, you know, click the button. It shows up at your door. Or, you know, it's just any little bump seems to derail us. And part of being human, part of our entire, like, the history of our evolution is thriving in the face of adversity. So I, I think it's actually a huge opportunity because now, so we we fucking, we picked the campsite up, we got it going, the next day we restructured everything, we got the shade going, and, and then we get to take that with us. We get to take the energy we expelled, we get to you take... You gotta win. Yes, gotta we gotta win. win. Not only did we not, like, wilt and, like, you know, be defeated by it, we actually, de- you know, we won. Like, that's super valuable. I, I think that's, um, things like that are where this, this almost, like, really really formidable confidence can come from. And it's the, it's the thriving in the face of that then allows you to thrive again and again and again. And once you've done it enough, it's like, man, I know it's going to be hard, but dude, I mean, I, I think, I think I could have some pretty serious stuff happen to me and I, I would find a way to thrive because that's now the mode I'm set on. That's uh, you bring up some good points. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of sacrificing convenience or ease just for the sake of a romantic notion. You know that I I usually fall on the side of if a system can be improved, improve it. But we, something that's very real that you do lose that cannot be overlooked is the ability to learn to thrive, the ability to learn to confront adversity and be flexible. The easier things are for you, the less apt you are to deal with adversity and so seeking out adversity in some ways is i think healthy for not only a creative person or an artist but for a person in general oh so healthy it's so healthy i mean it's uh man that that the whole weekend i, I don't want to get well whatever I, i'm not going to sit here and like fucking talk about oh i don't want to get too into coachella or whatever it, the point is it, it represents something and it does remind you a little bit of like oh like this is hard this is a hard thing but this is worth it this is also like not that hard i don't know it just gives you like good reference points 
And it just does remind you, even something as simple as, like, Mother Nature kicking the shit out of our tents is like, oh, yeah, it oh, that, that'll reconnect me, too, with just, like, the reality of the power of nature. Oh, fantastic. Like, nature's much stronger than I am. Cool. <laughs> like, is there is there a level of, is there a different type of conversation that happens with adversity because you opted into the situation? Like, yeah. I mean, instead of being basically victimized by chance, you guys elected to do something hard and something challenging and then risk and adversity and bad luck kind of married itself to that. But it, it is in some way something that you opted into. Yeah. Is that, is that any different than having to confront day to day adversity? Like, for instance, losing your job? Eh, I mean, I think yes. I think yes. I think it'd be silly to say no. But I will say the thing we were that we were opting into was like the fun side of it. It's not like we were like there shall be challenges and we shall face them. We are, you know, like well, I, you were you were opting into the the climate and the weather and stuff like that, though. Sure, I, sure, sure, agreed. But I I think honestly, these are like underlying opt-ins, terms and conditions that we all sign up for. And I like do agree with that actually reading. Yeah. It's right? like social contract. It's like whatever. It's just a contract we signed by living. And, and I actually think there are like a lot of underlying things we have opted into in any scenario. I mean, when you opt into a job, for example, you're not like really like, well, I got fired. I guess I, I did opt into the chance that I might get fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah, you're no, generally I, I, opting no, no. into the good parts of everything. So, but that's actually a good reminder to say, like, when you do anything, you also, like, are doing, like, you have to acknowledge that there are pitfalls. There are, like, the bad sides of, of the thing. Um, but, man, it just, uh, I have to say, it's it's very lucky and it's such an opportunity to be able to, like, you, I was having a conversation with my sister about this. We were talking about my father. This is getting this is getting a little personal, but that's fine, man. That's why we do a podcast, huh? But we were talking about my dad, and like uh, he used to have like such a bad temper, and we were we were just chatting about about you know where that comes from and what that means, and where we kind of landed was having a temper that is like irreconcilable and that is so intense when things are going bad and like you can't even interface with him because he, he was so angry. It's like, no, like the opportunity you have to control your reaction and to like learn from the thing and to just like be wrong or be vulnerable. Like that's where there's a lot of, I've been using this word more recently, nectar. Like there's so much good stuff right there. And like, that's a really cool opportunity. So actually I don't have a, a grand point here, but I will say opting into situations where things might not go perfectly like there's actually like when things don't go perfect, there's a lot of nectar there. There's a lot of opportunity. So maybe, I, so maybe we should put ourselves in those positions more often. Yes, and I, I almost feel irresponsible for taking the conversation down this path, and I'll do it briefly. I think it's important to understand that there's certain degrees of adversity that we're we're not trying to glorify adversity across the board. Like, and this isn't one of those you know, classic reductionist conversations where someone else's problems are worse than your problems. Your problems don't matter, et cetera, et cetera. I'm all I want to point out is that the ability to seek out adversity comes from an inherent place of privilege. And in that it makes its own point that it's useful to put yourself in challenging 
challenging situations because it builds character and it also helps you to understand the the less challenging areas of your life more in a more nuanced way. Yeah, that that is a really good point. I mean, I this is poten- this is potentially problematic. Uh like but I do think I do think I do I stand by this, which is it's more nuanced and it's more complicated, especially as you go down the line of of adversity versus privilege. But I will say that I think the or one of the ultimate manifestations of this idea of thriving is to be in a position where their adversity is sort of the only option. Um, and it is part of the daily ritual. It is part of, it is part of reality no matter what. Um, and I think the choice, the choice to thrive within those constraints is sort of the, one of the highest truths you know, I, I, this is a, oh gosh, rarely do we bring this up in conversation, but let's just say in the Holocaust, okay? There's a book, um, man, what is the book called? Um, oh, it's on my, it's sitting on my bedstand right now. A uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm. Man, uh, what a beautiful, beautiful book about a gentleman's experience in concentration camps and... And I'm realizing now and I'm connecting this idea of thriving now to that, which is faced with the absolute worst with, with really no other option, no other option. Like that man chose to thrive to a degree. And there are a lot of people who chose to thrive. And I think thriving is a relative term and man, it's, it's, uh, I guess, I guess on the base level, it's survival instinct. It's really survival instinct. But on the upper levels, from the places of privilege, I think it's it. I think then maybe we call it thriving. But um, I, I, I th- yeah, I think you know, I'm glad you brought that up. You, I'm glad you kind of took it to its logical extreme. The the most one of the most adverse situations a human being could find themselves in, because it's it really highlights the point that we're I think we're actually making is that thriving is relative and. The goal isn't to like equate like all pro- all adversity as as equal adversity. It's to understand that thriving in the face of adversity is something that you can bring to life. Small struggles to its its medium struggles to its large struggles, and it's a it's a philosophy that you can hope to live in a means that would eventually teach you a better way of dealing with adversity as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Man, it it also just feels like it feels like it's a a purpose-giving mantra, you know? Um it's uh it's expansive and it's helpful and uh yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm And really, it's healthy? Is it's, it is it healthy? I think it it's is. It's so healthy. That's the thing, man. It's so healthy. And and okay, so let's take it to a different extreme or the other side when we're not talking about as much adversity and maybe the idea of thriving with less adversity, but more it's about opportunity. Um, and to me, even like with the stuff I'm working on right now, I'm really like thinking about how can I just fucking like thrive? Like how can I thrive within the projects and 
you know, the disciplines, the mediums, like that's kind of the next stage of stuff. I feel like. Do you feel like you you need to seek out and not not in like the most literal way, but seek out adversity in order to to find ways to thrive? Uh, and I'm I'll deliberate or I'll what no 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 I'll um I'll clarify what I'm trying to say here. Uh, like do you do you feel like you have to challenge yourself to unlock a level of thriving? Do you feel like you have to seek out uh? projects outside of your comfort zone in order to thrive or can you apply thriving more broadly to, to non-adversity situations? Yes. And yes, I think it's a combination. You and I've talked at length about putting yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to learn more, in order to expand. Um, I am, I'm constantly looking for that stuff. And we've talked even about, uh, the, like, I think I told that story of like Seth, Seth Godin talking about the wobble, like on a recumbent bicycle, like there's this like space that exists at like 18 or 19 miles per hour where it's just uh, the front tires wobbling a little bit. It's, it's the space between safe and completely dangerous. And like, that's a space I think I try to, or aspire to occupy a lot. And that's a really healthy space. Um, to me, I think, Actually, some of what I'm thinking about now is actually less less just putting myself in a completely new scenario in order to learn a completely new skill. And it's more about uh, finding things that are currently in the wheelhouse and expanding them and pushing them further. Um, if Does that make sense to you? It makes, yeah, it makes total sense. Um, I mean, you want to avoid total chaos because... I don't, I don't know that progress can be made in total chaos. Well, yeah, and, and I think you, you want to avoid having to go to deeper levels because, like, because those are scary too, and committing to something is scary. So sometimes I think that can be the motivator for just trying new things or like putting yourself in. And I think there's actually some, uh, some I don't know, some like value in, in just doing the thing that you, know, that you actually do know how to do and thriving within that. Yeah, it's super interesting to me. I'm I'm curious as to I mean, I know that we we sometimes like to bounce in and out of high level low level mm-hmm. discussion. Are like how how do we or how do you, how do I seek out this uh this sweet spot, this wobble zone? Are there are there ways that you that you seek it out? Are there ways to identify it? When you say that you want to avoid chaos but still stretch your limits, it makes perfect sense, but it's not completely intuitive how to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have the answer. You know, I, I think for me, where I'm at, the answer is going deeper on current versus trying to seek out new so much. So one example would be. Um, I don't think I we've talked about this, but I'm going on tour with Gallant and Zoo. I'm going mm-hmm. on tour with Gallant again for like two weeks. Um, and I had some like revelations this weekend. He actually saw him perform, and fuck, man, he did a dude. It was actually really fascinating to be at Coachella this weekend or last weekend. Be uh, on the the cusp of or not not the cusp. What's the what's the opposite of the cusp? The other side. In the wake the, of the follow, yeah, yeah. In the wake of uh, Prince's death, because mm-hmm. there's so many tributes, so much purple, 
unbelievable. And and Gallant did a really beautiful cover of Purple Rain with Sufjan Stevens. Um, but just thinking about my relationship with those guys and thinking about Gallant as an artist, thinking about how I could deepen my engagement, my relationship, my value with those guys. Because I think actually an easier thing would be to keep trying to like find new artists to like help to work on to do whatever. But like I have a really good relationship with those guys and how can I deepen my engagement, deepen my value? I'm, I like know a lot about him and I know a lot about what he's trying to do. So it's like, I actually can provide a lot. So even just like, um, a good example is I had a, a thought this weekend about a visual setup he might employ for the tour. And it's like, nobody's going to tell me to tell them what I think about that. Like, that's not in my job description. Uh I don't have a job description. I mean, tour photographer is what the thing is. But it's like, if you can provide value, like, find ways to, like, suggest it. So I pitched them this idea, and they're, like, really about it. And now I think I'm going to try and produce this thing, which is just, like, that's a weird thing, and I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. But that's, like, an uncomfortable situation within comfortable circumstances. Like, I'm, I'm I'm comfortable photographing the tour. And I was really uncomfortable last time because it was, like, my first tour. I was, like, doing other stuff. I was trying to write this story. And, like, this time I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just, like, take it easy. I'll just, like, photograph the tour. It's going to be, like, sweet. But now it's like, oh, maybe I can, like, improve the tour. Maybe I can, like, like contribute more. And so deepening within the current buckets uh, or the current, like, channels, that's a way, I think, to like thrive within those versus like trying to like almost not run away from, but just like diluting yourself to nothing, you know, by just spreading yourself across all these planes so that you don't really even exist. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. One of the easiest ways I would pause, I would pause it or posture um, to not thrive is to coast. Yeah. If you're coasting, you're, you're not thriving. I'm not, sure it's exactly the opposite of thriving but it's close uh thriving in and of its own definition requires you to be trying something that could potentially fail and coasting doesn't involve that at all and not to say that good work can't be done in mid coast coasting is super efficient it's how you cover a lot of distance Mm. and i think like all of us as artists have understood the the time period when we needed to for our own mental health or our own you know career longevity coast just a little bit draft a little bit you you know steer into the hill Mm -hmm. but it's not it's not a viable way to grow as a person absolutely absolutely so to encapsulate all of that stuff for me i think the stage is is really it's really just like being like just I I've thought about it a lot. I like constantly like thinking about the wobble. I'm thinking about dancing with a fear. But really now it's just like dude, I don't need to be afraid. Like I'm okay. Like I'm okay. Like I don't need to be afraid. And I think there's actually, you know, as much as a motivator as that that uh, cortisone and that that like adrenaline can be, I think I'm now trying to operate from a place of uh, actually a place of like security to to some effect but um just like knowing it's less about like fear of failure and it's more about like uh fear of missed opportunity which to me is a different kind of fear and it's a little bit more exciting and a little bit safer but uh yeah it's it's about yeah it's not about 
being scared of dying. It's about being scared of not thriving. So like I'm trying to choose to thrive and like part of choosing to thrive means like fucking smiling and just like onward. And oh. yeah. And, and part of being able to thrive is already having surviving kind of wrapped up. Yes, like, exactly. Vince. Having survived and yeah. taken care of. Like there are people out there who have to make decisions on a day-to-day basis to survive. And so they don't have the luxury always yes. of choosing to attempt to put themselves into adverse scenarios to, that allow them to, to thrive. So it's important that we make that distinction. But you also make a good point. Some of us have control over to our control of our lives to the point where we can make decisions that allow us to survive more consistently. And you have detailed that, I think, over the last year, two years, making decisions that take away the the actual anxiety of just getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it sounds like it's paying dividends, man. I think it's good, man. I fucking feel great. And I also, you know, I, like this is such a... a weird conversation because there's so much privilege involved but i guess one way of my way of dealing with that is like i do feel an impetus at least personally that to to thrive because i don't need to just survive like i've got that on the hierarchy of needs taken care of generally and so it's like well man let me honor those that are surviving you know and i'm not saying what i'm doing is like that honorable or is that no, even no, helpful to those people yeah, i don't think you're saying it's helpful at all it's yeah. it's you're afforded this opportunity it's on you not to squander it exactly and and that's a good motivator too that's like exciting to me it's like fuck yeah hey it's, let, it's, let me tell me as well man let me let me tell you let me tell you a little story and then perhaps we can talk about something that's not so germane so <laughs> Uh, so another scenario of my thrive, my thriving, my thrivance, uh, course, yeah, I have no idea. My thrivication, uh, <laughs> last weekend, it was Sunday morning, uh, after, you know, uh, a few days of, of the camping, of the stress of the dealing with all these baking st- in the stimuli. Sun. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so dirty. It's <laughs> just grimy. And, uh, I went to take a shower and uh, had these long lines for showers. And it's like so funny, just people just standing there. They just look rough. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're all waiting for the showers. And you finally get in there. And um, it's kind of gross in there. You know, whatever. Again, this is inevitably. Of, yeah, right. it's a place of privilege. Okay, I get that. But it is pretty nasty in these showers. It's just like, all right, let me clean my, my dirty, dirty body and just like, l- let me like cleanse. Let's do this. And so I, I hang my towel up, I get in the shower, I do the thing, clean my body as best I can, and I get out of the shower, and <laughs> removed from the hook now is my towel. It is nowhere to be seen, it is gone. And You've been towel napped. I've been towel napped, man. And this is, uh, man, I, let me tell you something, Vince. The person who took my wallet, the person who took my towel, this isn't even about money or about their position. They were at fucking Coachella. If they were there, there's, like, the level of need was, like, not as this high. This wasn't a man stealing bread to feel, feed his family. Yeah. This was, this was just an asshole. Yeah, an asshole. Absolutely. And so somebody took my towel, and it's just like, fuck, man. Like, ugh. And so I'm just like, well... Again, here's not here's a here's a crossroads. What do we do? 
I get out. I get out of these trailers that the uh, thing is in. I'm step out in the courtyard. Sort of stand there for a minute. I put my shoes on. I'm just dripping wet in my my swimsuit, which was which was a gift from uh, Europe. And so it's a very small swimsuit. <laughs> yeah, baby. And, and I actually particularly really like it. It's like I love it. And so I I have my I have my pants and my toiletries and whatever and my sweatpants there. And I'm walking toward the exit. And the woman who's the the greeter there or the uh, attendant goes, "Oh, drip dry method, huh?" I was like, "Somebody." took my towel and she's like oh no sweetie and i was like but i will thrive and i went (laughs) running through the entrance and i just went sprinting past this gigantic line of people and i just did a full run all the way back to my campsite (laughs) and it felt so fucking liberating vince that is is that is the thing man it's like wow i felt amazing it was like fuck yeah something was bad and i'm like great like that's fine it's honestly in in that way like the energy that is expelled toward me the negative energy i can like use that and i can like dragon ball z (laughs) it's like pretty cool yes lend me your energy yeah the spirit bomb (laughs) i love that man fuck yeah fuck yeah there's there's like a really literal thrive moment yeah you you did thrive i did dude it was it was great man shouts out to thriving (laughs) shouts out to the guy who stole your towel yeah honestly thank you gal thank you fuck him and and gender's a spectrum (laughs) no but uh it's dude it is it's like and it it's just like whatever man you're fine you get you get to choose to like be good and be happy and like that per- it kind of sucks that that person is like clearly feeling bad about some stuff to the point of taking that. But dude, you get to go do you. Exactly, man. That's uh, point, man. Can you hear it in my? Vo- can you hear my? Is my voice weird to you right now? By the way, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far as to say weird, man. Like, you know, weird is kind of a negative term. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I disagree. Most times, I think I, weird no, is I like think excellent. it shouldn't. I don't think it should be. I think society sometimes uses it as a pejorative, but. Uh, I, I, it sounds raspy. Yeah. It sounds like a little bit, uh, throaty. It is, man. A, a lot of dust out there in the desert and, uh, uh <laughs> a huge sleep deprivation, a gigantic <laughs> gap of, of the I remember get, when, yeah. uh, I was studying abroad in Berlin and then I went to, to Munich and was walking around the Alps, the kind of the, the lower Alps. It actually burned to like take breaths because yes. the air was so clean, and the air in Berlin is pretty dirty. So, I I'm kind of imagining you in, in the great northern air of Minnesota, like the dust just burning off your lungs. Oh man, yep, it's in there. <laughs> it's in there. It's coming out of me. But I'm a bit under the weather, as they say. I'm a bit ill. You caught festival fever. Festival fever, as they as they say as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. And I think perhaps this brings us to what one would call an off-topic topic. I think you might be right about that. I think that's fair. Uh, I strive to be fair, Vince. That's all I hope for. That's all anyone can hope for. Uh, yeah, what what are we talking about in this week's off-topic topic, man? For this week's OTT, uh, selfishly, we're just chatting about something that might make the illness a bit better a remedy if you will mm. whoa we're chatting remedies van oh isn't that a song is that a song yeah it's a, it's a song from the early 2000s and 
I can't, it's pretty sweet that Pat, our editor, has now <laughs> dropped in two sound bites for one episode, and he'll drop this in one under eight seconds. Is it eight or is it fifteen? Is it, I thought it was fifteen. I think it's oh, fifteen. Fifteen? Keep it under fifteen seconds. We can get the whole chorus in there then. <laughs> And we're back, man! What a what a classic song! What a I will say, track. I, I wasn't very fond of that song then, nor am I now. But I'm glad that Pat put it in there. Shouts out to Pat! Thanks, Pat! And shouts out to what's the band? Oh, I there's no way I remember. Okay, who, who is that? Maybe Hoobastank we'll, was that Hoobastank sounds right. Well, or Matchbox Twenty or something. Oh yeah, maybe it was Matchbox. <laughs> we'll show notes them maybe if we figure. We'll it show out. notes the full song if we figure it out. Um, Van, maybe you could start us off. I don't know if you. I feel like the most common illness here is just like you know, as the common cold. Oh, it is. It's it's common because of the the drastic and immediate weather changes. Don't write us saying that weather changes don't actually cause colds. I know they don't, but being out in the cold makes you more susceptible. A rare Vince trip up. Susceptible to, to catching illnesses and, and uh, people being around each other, breathing in air, staying inside all winter, that, that does the same thing. So, all right, save your letters. <laughs> I'm sure we'll still get a few, but that's fine. But, Vin, I'm wondering, do you have any remedies for the common cold or for a similar illness? Yeah, I was super sick right before my Chicago trip this last uh, a couple months ago, and uh, I got hooked on tea and yes. tea alchemy. There's so many different teas that cure various ailments, either through placebo or through real reactions, and I was a tea fiend. And, I, you know, I love coffee so much, so I don't really drink tea very often, but I was on a tea kick. And it uh, I don't know if it helped me recover faster, but it made the suffering a little less constant. Oh man, these these uh, these placebos are really helpful in these rituals. Like, man, even um, I don't want to get talking about thriving again, but it is like things like that where like, ooh, I'm faced with like an issue. Like, what are the things I can do that that give me some semblance of control and then allow me to deal with my circumstances? Uh, but shouts out to man, we got on a really really hard kick making fresh um, honey ginger lemon tea. Mm. Uh, did you ever have any of that over here? Oh, I sure. I have had honey ginger lemon, or at least honey ginger, or at least lemon ginger, or some combination thereof. Yes, and if our listeners are wondering, honestly, this is really worth a try. Like, I would say, so just buy some ginger root. Um, get, yeah, I don't know, like, you just e- even to just try out for the first time, get a few chunks of it, okay? Like, a handful or two. And what you do is you, you just kind of, like, skin it. You kind of, like, slice it up. You peel it, like an apple. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I would say, like, less thin. It's just, like, it's about surface area. So, like, long chunks of it, long, thin chunks of it. And then put that in a, in a pot and then um, get some honey. Well, get some, I would say, like, maybe a half a lemon is a good place to start. And just squeeze it out and then put the actual half of the lemon into the pot with the water. So, so fill the pot with water. Uh, cut up the ginger. Put the squeeze the lemon in there, and then put the lemon into the water, and then just apply some honey. I don't I don't know how much to man. taste. To taste exactly, and then boil that, let it settle, 
Drink that motherfucker. It's so good, dude. Drink it right up. And then I, so I'll I'll usually eat a piece or two of the ginger. Oh, oh yeah, I like ginger when I'm I'm getting sushi. Sushi, it's, yeah. It's a digestif. It helps with the. You know, it helps calm the stomach. I assume it must be with the tea too. I mean, oh, I I, I have to imagine. Yeah, yeah. ginger is great. Is a great plant, and you know, I'm very modernist in terms of medicine, and I'm not I'm not like um, I don't really subscribe to alternative medicines. If I'm if I'm actually sick, if I'm at a doctor's office, I'm going to take the pills. But it's it goes without saying that humanity has relied on these things for their benefits for. Millennia. millennia yeah exactly. yeah and who are who are we to to look in the face of ginger which calms the sum, the stomach the throat and the soul and not at least enjoy a, a good hot cup of ginger lemon tea every once in a while Shouts out to ginger and then we do need to get sushi again soon let's do it what are you doing tomorrow actually i i'm, I'm busy but maybe on friday <laughs> i believe i'm actually headed to a friend of the show barrett brooks wedding this week in Atlanta. Oh no, kidding! We'll yes, my absolute. I will, man. Fast, man. I will. I uh, I'm kind of a not super hype. I mean, I know you love weddings. I do love weddings, but I also am just like not trying to put them on my calendar. So I think it's kind of rare that. Oh God, I, I, we don't have to go too too deep into this. But my former roommate, I introduced him and his fiance. And oh, they like wanted me yeah. to be in the wedding. Owen and Maggie. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say their names because we were talking intimately about them. But respect. Uh, oh, sorry. But, no, no, no. It's why I mean, whatever. They don't listen to this fucking show. I <laughs> I hope somebody tells them about this segment and they go listen. But uh, he asked me to be in the wedding, and I was just like politely declined. Mm. Wait, that's not so horrifying. Wait, that's not horrifying at all. You politely declined. Yeah, by sending him a hate mail. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, Wait, will I, you attend? Do you I, think? I, I think that just... that's one I would attend. I think my point was going to be that like I don't even think I'll attend that many just because I don't. I don't know. Another yeah, big commitment, man. You know, it's uh, it's tradition. And it's beautiful. It, it's good. And you it's... want people to go that want to be there. I don't. I. I don't think it's as taboo as some might see. But I can definitely see. There's a lot of um, old world kind of um, face saving culture in in wedding invites. Oh you know? God! Yes, it's, it's quite the dance. Like to to RSVP no to a wedding, you need generally a really good reason. Yeah, you have to have it. You have to have it signed by three people. Who will corroborate your story? A witness, a doctor, a lawyer, and uh, the, the rabbi. They walk the into <laughs> yes. Uh, the shaman is the bartender. He says, <laughs> "Okay, uh, <laughs> so your remedy was tea." Tea. Grant, what about you? I know you're a big tea drinker, so I kind of stole your thunder. But do you have any That's maybe cool. a little more quirky? remedies for us yeah actually here's what i will say the beauty the absolute beauty of sickness to me is that it um it puts me in a, a certain mind state and it ugh, man actually dude wow I, i'm like having some revelations right now getting sick is a godsend for me because i really have a fucking hard time chilling out and um like not doing something with my hands and I have such such an appreciation for cinema and for for television and for just like that that level of creation 
And one of the beautiful things that sickness affords me is an excuse, the excuse that I need to really just commit to watching something and mm-hmm. to totally engrossing myself. So weirdly enough, some of the most impactful movies uh, that that end up like inspiring me so much, I can think of like, man, uh, Looper and Brick. Man, I, Didn't you watch Drive when you were sick? Yes, I was just going to say Drive, dude. Those movies, they like then stick with me because I am totally engrossed. And I, I think I've done better over the past, let's say, three years of making commitments to the, to watching the stuff and, like, going to the movie theater or just, like, really committing to watch it. But it forces me to, and it, it really, those things end up sticking with me. And actually, I'm kind of weirdly excited right now because I'm feeling pretty sick, to be frank, and uh, I think I'm going to watch a movie. <laughs> I'm going to watch a movie tonight. I'm really going to commit to a movie. Um, and so my remedy is kind of that. I, I feel like soup... It's pretty dope. Shouts out to soup. Soup tight. So it's it's just lit. Uh, No laziness. Laziness is a such a great cure, man. And you're right. Like a a lot of us who are trying to live this lifestyle, we can't always afford time for laziness. I can't personally because I have kind of a philosophical dedication to it. But a a lot of people, you know, they don't make time to be lazy. And I'm, I'm not saying that watching cinema and appreciating it and taking it in is lazy, but it is, it's being passive and just making time to be able to, to soak things in. It, it is a luxury in its own way. Totally, man. Uh, feels good. Feels, feels good great. I'll enjoy your movie, man. Let me know what you end up watching. I will. I'm not sure yet. I have a list of it to watch list, but we'll see. It's always a dance too. It's a, a dance with the devil himself. <laughs> uh, hey, Grant, let's, why don't we just segue a plain a plain talk segue into some last thoughts? How about? Sounds fair. Uh, hey, how can our listeners support us? Um, hit us up on Twitter at the ten k h r s, and we're on Facebook as well. I think it's just facebook.com slash the ten k h r s. I would say the best ways though actually are. Twitter is a good one. Um, subscribing and actually was emailing with a couple people recently who were asking about listening to the episodes on mobile. And I was like, yo, get like subscribe on the app or on Stitcher because listening on your phone is 200 times easier. Well, I'm prone to hyperbole, but that's fine. So <laughs> it's at least as easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's at least as easy, but really it is way easier. I, I listen to all my podcasts on the podcast app on iOS uh, so check it out on there. I mean, if they're feeling so compelled, if they're listening to this right now, it would be really cool if they uh, if they rated us on iTunes because that definitely helps the stuff. I think you could actually just uh, click subscribe on 10khrs.co, our website, and then on there there's a link to the iTunes page which you can review us. And if you're going to give less than five stars, I'd say like, Actually, we're cool. No reviews needed. <laughs> right, this is like the end of an Uber ride where exactly. it's like uh, five stars for five stars. Five stars, five stars. Uh, so, yeah, great. Right, I'll give you five stars. Uh, no, you cover all the bases. But, but honestly, dude, like, and I, I'm so serious when I say this, how they can really help us and support us and support themselves is by fucking thriving. Because here's mm-hmm. here's the reality, Vin, is like at every moment there's something that makes you somewhat uncomfortable makes you somewhat upset, makes you any level of anything that is not perfect, and you can choose to thrive in that moment. And, like, it is fucking so liberating I could cry. And, dude, I 
yes, from a place of privilege, sure. But, dude, I really feel like this applies to pretty much anyone in any circumstance because the adversity is relative as well. And I, I don't think that should be understated. Adversity is as impactful as it is to you. And so anything that puts you out of your comfort zone is going to be really, really big to you. And, like, learning to dance with that, uh, allowing yourself to acknowledge that something is not great, and then allowing yourself to react in a really positive way and sort of laugh at it and embrace it and fucking thrive. I mean, even just having the mantra of just, like, thrive, you know, like, like even just like visual cues or excuse me, like vocal cues like that were really helpful for me last week. And it was just like thrive baby. Cause it's just like, it is funny. Everything's fucked, but it's so fine. It's totally fine. It's all yeah, just there's like, a, there's a level of laugh. So you don't cry to it. Right. Yes. It's like, but it, but it's true. Like don't, don't underestimate how much you can actually influence your own mood by just forcing like some of those positive actions in and onto yourself. Uh, yeah, man, sit with it. It's like, deal with it. Fucking thrive, baby. And, and you know, I'll quickly interject. Please. Don't, don't be caught in a, in a cycle of anti-thrive because what can sometimes happen is we are human and we won't always act our best or, or live up to our, our most optimal self in times of adversity. Uh, but wallowing in a, in a failure to thrive can start a cycle of anti-thriving. Yes. Where, you start to feel bad about yourself for not thriving. It creates more adversity and you fail to succeed at thriving in the face of that adversity. Remember that you're not always going to get it. You're not always going to do a great job at thriving in the face mm. of adversity because we're, we're just mere mortals. But you can always try. And if you try, then you've already mostly succeeded. Dude, so true. I, I do want to say something I'm just realizing now something that for me, I think everyone kind of needs to find their reason for thriving or their, the things that help motivate them to thrive. But, uh, wow. It's becoming clear to me that what really helps me thrive is having people that are worth thriving for having people that are around me that either encourage that thrive or that I just, I just aspire to do better for. So like my sister is a really good example of like, man, I'm going to fucking thrive because you're so important to me and because I want to thrive for you and I want to thrive together. And uh, just my friends, collaborators, finding people that make it worth it to thrive. And I'm, it's not as easy as just saying, like, oh, I'm going to find some people. But even just starting with that intention will help you develop that, will help you lead down that path. And a lot of where those relationships come from, I think, is being open to it, being honest, being at least somewhat excited about it and just like fucking connecting with people, man. Wow. God, having, having a group of people around you surrounding yourself with that and being something for those people, man, what a, what an opportunity. I think really well said, man. I'm, th- I'm thriving for you, Vin. We thrive so we all can thrive. And, and, I and we're thriving for our audience, right? We're thriving for anybody who's listening to this. And you, and you, and you're thriving. <laughs> and you get a thrive. And you get a thrive. And you get a thrive. Oh fuck! What are the taxes uh, well, on that? Hey man, let me let me say on a personal note, it was great to to catch up with you. You've been away for a little while, so this was really this helped me thrive today. I missed you, man. I missed you. Thank okay, you, thank so. you for being one reason for me to thrive. I I was actually talking about you this week, and I was just I was, Aww, I, was gu- I was gushing about this thing, and and I was talking about motivations and why why do you do something? And I was just like, 
I was talking about the gravy the next day. I was like, man, I'm fucking getting it with this project because the homie Vin is bringing it, and I love that motherfucker. So thank you, Vin. Thank you for thriving. Thank shouts, you, Shouts Grant. out to the audience. Sounds uh, like an intro. Not, not you, whoever you are out there who stole Grant's towel. No, no thanks. And I will say, we can also, like, we don't always just have to be like, yeah. We can also go, hey, you know what? Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> That's part of thriving too. Uh, hey man, should we should we do a team ship it? Let's do it. Maybe a three, two, one, ship, ship it. it.